We know that somewhere in the world, someone downloaded this podcast, but we don't know anything about you. The folks who support this show would love to know just a little bit about who is listening. If you have two minutes, it really does only take two minutes. Help us make this show an even better experience for you by telling us more about yourself. Just go to ListenerQ, L-I-S-T-E-N-E-R-Q.com forward slash pull up and take the short survey. You can also give us direct feedback on the show, which we would love to hear. And as a thank you, you'll be entered in a drawing for a $100 Amazon gift certificate. Two minutes. ListenerQ.com slash pull up. That's ListenerQ.com slash pull up. Maybe talk a little bit about your transition to Detroit. You know, DeAndre and I really had so many years of playing together that towards the end, you know, I didn't even have to guess where he was going to be or where he was going. So Andre and I have been working a lot, uh, getting that, that chemistry the same way. A lot of guys have been speaking out about depression, anxiety, basically letting people know that we're humans. Like, we see the comments, we hear what people are saying at the games, you know, basically trying to convey the message that we're not robots, even though... Some of us jump, well, some of y'all, because I don't really jump like y'all do. <laughs> some people some people are so athletic, you think that it's unreal. I've always taken a great pride in, in trying to be a guy who makes his teammates better. Trying to learn and, and trying to move on the fly and, you know, learn how to pass out of a double team and, and still trying to get assists and, you know, rebounding. That, those were all things that I feel like are very important to me. Welcome to the Tim Duncan episode of Pull Up number 21. We got a very, very special guest in the building. I'm currently recording from Westland, Oregon, at home, kids camp number two, uh, the fifth annual here in Portland. Very, very excited about that, but also very, very excited about our special guest. Let's let's read the stats real quick. We got five-time NBA All-Star, four-time All-NBA, consensus national player of the year as a sophomore at Oklahoma. He has number 23 retired back at Oklahoma. Uh, friend of mine, Blake Griffin, appreciate you coming on the show. And we're also going to welcome Jordan in at the same time. Yes, sir. Appreciate it, guys. Thanks for having me. It's our pleasure. Hey, I appreciate you making some time, man. I know it's summertime, so you're, you're probably traveling, getting workouts in. Uh, we, we spoke briefly in New York just about how this is one of your first summers to where you could finally not have to worry about rehab and kind of focus on your game. So how has this summer gone for you individually? And is there anything, you know, eight, nine years in that you're trying to, you know, retool or maybe add heading into your uh, ninth season? Yeah, man, it's been a great summer. Um, I kind of forgot what it's like to, you know, we had made the playoffs for so many years in a row. The first, the only time I, I didn't make the playoffs was my rookie year. So having... Um, you know, from mid-April on to to really like work on my body and work on my game has been has been awesome. Um, you know, I started getting like that itch to get back in the gym. I looked up and it was still you know it was only second round of the playoffs. So uh, it was it's been a long summer for me, but it's been great uh, to work on a lot of stuff. But as far as what I'm doing, like on the court, uh, I mean, I'm still trying to expand my range. You know, been at the three-point line a lot, but also um, working on finishing at the rim. Uh, you know, creative finishing. Um, you know, getting that explosiveness back really in the weight room and, and feeling like myself again, you know, this being the first summer in what the past two summers of, of, you know, actually being able to work out, you know, the last couple of summers, I didn't even get to get on the court till like mid, uh, mid August. So, um, I'm, I'm definitely making strides this summer that I, that I, uh, desperately wanted to do. That's good. That's what I like to hear. And I, I seen you in New York, you're still looking like an action figure. Muscles is crazy. <laughs> so, you, so the weight room work. Yeah, is, I, I stay in the weight room, man. The weight room has been paying <laughs> off, man. Yeah, that's that's still been there. So you you talked about having a full summer to to finally be able to work out. 
How do you balance it? And this is one of the questions I usually ask most of the guests. How do you balance the work with the rest, with vacations, with visiting family, when you have it's what seems like an eternity, and then now we're looking at it, we're looking at each other, and it's it's August. Basically, August is over, and training camp starts next month. How do you balance, you know, everything? And when do you figure out when to vacation versus when to to work out and rest? Yeah, that's always kind of like the 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 hard thing to figure out, man. It's it's uh. This this summer I took like almost a month off of completely doing nothing. Um, you know I still did a little bit of yoga here and there. I got like that itch, so I'll just go shoot just here and there, but nothing like nothing real. Um, and then I kind of planned my summer and going like six weeks on, and then taking a week off, and then six weeks, and then I'll probably take like four or five days here, uh, like around Labor Day to chill just a little bit uh still get like a little conditioning in because that's kind of my biggest thing for going into the season is really being in the best like conditioning shape i've been in so i can kind of you know use training camp as, as a as a you know tool to get better not necessarily get into shape you know yeah i wonder for you blake because i've i've asked cj this too i'm always curious with athletes specifically basketball players is there one uh, element or component to your game that you work on or try to improve on each summer to bring something new um has you know how does that go for you in terms of getting in the gym getting in your lab and finding different ways to get better yeah that's always a tricky thing because there definitely is i mean my first several summers you know i i spent so much time just working on my shot so it, it was it was a lot of that and now you know i still obviously get get a lot of shots up but a lot of it now is kind of picking and choosing different times to work on different stuff. And for me, I feel like I've always kind of been like a a guy that tried to, you know, be able to handle it a little bit for a big, be able to pass. Um, so shooting was always a big thing for me in, in the off season. And now it's it's um, focusing a little bit more on playmaking, you know, doing making quick decisions, uh, which is kind of a tough thing to work on in the summer. But um, that's that's been a big focus for me is, is getting, you know, becoming more efficient. Uh, finishing at the rim, becoming more efficient from the three-point line. You know, I think it, it, the way you see, you know, today's game going, there's just not as many mid-range jump shots. You know, a lot of picking and popping as, as the fours are doing is now to, to three. Um, so a lot of catching at the three and then reading, you know, quick decisions to the rim, uh, being able to set teammates up, drive, draw, kick, all that stuff. So, I mean, that's that's a that's a long answer, but it's it's all it's never really been like okay, I'm going to focus on one specific thing. I still kind of feel like I always have to do a little bit of everything each summer. Yeah, I agree. I think you do do a little bit of everything, and I think that's what makes you such a versatile player. I was looking at the numbers. It was like 21-7 and basically 21-7 and 5, 21-8 and 5, and consistently each year you become a better passer. And I think that's one of the under, underrated aspects about your game is your ability to pass. And obviously we played you guys in the playoffs, I think, one or two years in a row, so we were able to see you know, just how good of a passer you were, you know, in, not only in the open court, but running some, some big, big pick and rolls with you and DeAndre. And now that you're in Detroit, there's more big, big, big action with you and Dre. So maybe talk a little bit about your transition to Detroit and what you, what you think you guys can accomplish. Obviously, your point guard was hurt for most of last season, so you guys didn't get a, a full look at a healthy lineup. But I think you guys can be a, a force to, rec- to be reckoned with in the Eastern Conference. Yeah, you know, it's crazy, you know, like you said, going from playing with DeAndre to, to Andre, their, their games are, are somewhat similar in that they're they're kind of the last big, like, guys that can really impact the game, you know, by picking, rolling, doing everything around the rim, blocking shots, rebounding. Um, so it was kind of nice to come into sort of a familiar situation. Um, you know, Andre and I, you know, DeAndre and I really had so many years of playing together that 
towards the end, you know, I didn't even have to guess where he was going to be or where he was going or how, you know, what he wanted. Um, so Andre and I have been working a lot, you know, and on, on, uh, getting that, that chemistry the same way. Um, but yeah, I mean, health for us is a huge thing. You know, I, when I, I remember when I got traded, I think they had just lost, they were on like a nine game losing streak, you know, without Reggie Jackson, uh, really hurt them. You know, Ish Smith does an unbelievable job for us. But you know when you put Ish with the starting lineup, now it takes away from the from the bench benches production. So um, really having two point guards that are very capable like that, you know, one starting and one off the bench is is huge for us. So we we really miss Reggie. So you know health for us this summer. I mean this this season is a big big thing. Um, you know the East being a, a little bit more open. You know the, the, after you know Boston, Philly, Toronto, those teams, Washington. Um, you know, it's a little bit more open. So, uh, you know, we look to make a big push and, and you know, try to get home court and, and go from there. I'm, I'm happy you brought up, Blake, you know, shooting and handling. In, in your first three years, uh, I read that nearly 20% of your shots were dunk attempts. And then that since then, the figure has basically been cut in half. So you've you've obviously made, obviously made a conscious effort to not only improve your game, but develop other assets of it. When you When you think about playing with... With Andre, what what was the biggest surprise for you playing with another big that has some of the similarities, obviously to DeAndre? But you know, what surprised you, and what do you think will allow you to continue to to play that pick and pop game with with Reggie, a different point guard? Uh, I think Andre's touch is, is maybe better than than people give him credit for. I'm not really sure because you know, in the in the West, I feel like I I always watched West teams more. Um, so I, you know, I obviously know, know his game, but I, I didn't realize how good of a touch he had, you know, around the rim. He's he's got a he's got a a, a good feel for for those hook shots and even kind of a little floater that he has. But you know, it, it's it's pretty shocking to watch him rebound in a game, and he'll he'll get to balls that you have you think he has no chance of getting to. I mean, he, his wingspan is is incredible, and he gets off the floor so quickly for for how big he is. Um, so one of the things you know we we I talk to him a lot about is when I get into the lane, just wait, you know, what I mean? wait for that pass because sometimes I'm not gonna like do the running like the obvious over the head. I want to see a defender you know come to me so so he can get a get an easy uh, dunk or layup. So um, you know he he's been unbelievable and he you know guys like DeAndre and, and him you know make my job so much easier once that that pick and roll happens and now it's you know. Basically four on three on the backside, and you know we have shooters in each corner. Um, it's a, it's a, it makes it so much easier on me being able to have a guy that I can just almost throw the ball anywhere to. But you enjoy the the big to big stuff where you're able to to handle it and create, uh, whether it's open floor, but specifically like in the half court. Is that is that something that's really fun for you and different? Yeah, it is because you know as bigs, obviously we don't really get to handle like that, and also I think it's big for us because. Bigs don't a lot of times know how to guard the pick and roll. They know how to they know how to guard the big, but they don't necessarily know how to guard the ball handler in the pick and roll. Um, and, and that's something that, that we've used to our advantage a lot. You know, especially in the open floor, just because every, everybody's kind of scrambling a little bit more. Uh, but even even in the half court offense, a little bit. You know, just trying to put put guys in un, in uncomfortable positions defensively um, has been big for us. So. You know, Andre's Andre's a great screener, great roller, great finisher. On obviously, so um, that you know that's something that we'll probably do even more. But you know, with Coach Casey and and, and his new staff coming in, we'll, we'll definitely play very much more up tempo. Um, 
this year than, than, than in years past. So uh, I think everybody's excited about that and looking forward to it. Yeah, I think you'll be able to shoot some more three-pointers this season, too, based on how the offense went for the Raptors. They were encouraging DeMar to shoot shoot more threes. But taking it back a little bit to your to your rookie year, I was hurt my rookie year, so I, I started off you know, basically watching. Jordan and I were, were kind of discussing uh, Baker Mayfield's situation on if he'll play this year or if he'll sit and watch. What type of learning curve do you think you were able to gain from essentially starting your career off with an injury, being able to watch for for a full year, kind of similar to what Ben Simmons did, and, and then we have to talk about our Browns before we go into comedy. <laughs> um, yeah, I, you know the, the 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 injury and sitting out thing is interesting, man. On, on one hand, you know I'm in the weight room every day. I'm I'm watching practice when the team is at home. Um, you know, so you are getting that that hands-on experience that I, I definitely tried to use to my advantage. Um, you know, you can never really replace experience playing basketball. Um, but going into my rookie year, you know, I just felt like I kind of I had a better understanding of the NBA game, you know, from an up-close perspective. So I definitely do think it gave me uh, an advantage. But, you know, it, at the same time, I, I you know, you, you go through all those things. I'm sure you did as a rookie. You know, being hurt some, you just kind of have those those thoughts of like, like can I can I play up here? You, as much as you you know you can, you know you, those thoughts creep in sometimes, and um, it's nerve wracking. Man, it's one of the longest years of my life having to sit out my whole rookie year. You know, not being able to play, not being able to do this thing that I've dreamed about since I was a kid. Um, so you, you know, you just never know. I, I personally just tried to focus as much as I can. I spent a lot of time in the video room. I did whatever I could, you know, in the weight room and whatever I could on the court when they allowed me to. And uh, it turned out to be a, a positive for me. Yeah, I think it, it worked out well. It was a blessing in disguise. And I, I told my family the same thing. It was a lot of doubt. There was a lot of anxiety, low-key depressed, you know, watching every game, knowing that you should be out there, seeing other rookies succeed. And then thinking, like, man, what if I don't come back the same? What if I'm not the same guy I was? Or what if I'm worse or if I, if I lost a step? So the the doubt thing is 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 crucial. But I think... Everything works out for a reason, and you know, looking back on it, I didn't understand what it was preparing me for. But that patience is is crucial because now, when when something happens, or I go through an injury, or uh, a bad shooting a bad shooting streak of you know five or six games, I just think back to <laughs> what I what I went through to get to this point. But right, exactly. You're into to comedy. You're you're pretty funny. I think you have a, a very good sense of humor. So let's talk about the comedy by Blake. And I've seen you you've done some stand up comedy in the past. Is this something that you would consider pursuing full time when you're when you're done playing and uh, also i have to ask who your favorite comedian is oh man um i, I don't know if it's necessarily something that i will i will pursue as far as like stand up and all that I, I just i have developed a lot of relationships you know in my time when i was in la and um you know started doing some some producing stuff here and there um so you know really my first years you know shadowed different people and and um kind of learn trying to learn the ins and the outs and build a foundation for when i am done whenever that is but you know stand up is probably the scariest thing that i've ever done um people always ask me like when i was doing some shows um at this comedy festival you know like you know just, just playing basketball prepare you for um for doing stand-up comedy i was like absolutely not <laughs> it doesn't even compare you know having having like four other teammates out there at all times to 
to be able to, to work with. And, and also, you know, this is something I've done my whole life. So now you, you take all that away and you're up on a stage by yourself and then doing public speaking, which is already everyone's number one fear. And then you have to try to be funny on top of that was, was, uh, very, very nerve wracking. But I also really enjoy doing things that get me outside of my comfort zone. You know, every summer I try to pick something that's going to be a little weird for me or something that I've never done. You know, not always something as public as that, but um, I always found that you walk away from those experiences having a, a new sense of self-confidence or, or even like kind of a new skill in a, in a way um, to prepare me for, you know, this life after basketball, which you know, comes, comes faster than a lot of guys think. Um, but so, I, you know, I've taken all this and I've, I've started doing this charity event called Comedy by Blake where, you know, we have uh, like five comedians come. Um, it's kind of your standard charity comedy event, but I also do some stuff um, within the uh, within the show. And this year we, we kind of wrote out some, some sketches and it's going to be kind of a mixture of some sketch comedy and some, some stand-up comedy of my favorite comedians. Um, so it's a it's a fun fun event for me. It's something that's kind of right up my alley, you know. Just having a bunch of teammates and, and athletes and different people in the sketches with me, um, and then also obviously doing you know something cool for charity. Um, but as far as my favorite comedians, man, I have I have a long list. Um, <laughs> Bring them all. Of all time, Dave Chappelle, man. He was give like, me top give me top five. <laughs> give me top give me top five. Dave Chappelle. Dave Chappelle. Um, top five of all time. Or, or performing right now? I would say your all-time top five. My all-time top five. All right, I'm going Dave Chappelle, Richard Pryor, Eddie Murphy. Um, man, my list has had to change in the last couple of years. <laughs> but uh, I think that there's a guy named Bill Burr who's doing, uh, who's actually doing... Uh, he's great. Yeah. yeah. He's uh, He's been one of my favorite comedians for a long time. I just, I, I listened to his podcast and... And all that he, he's uh, he's unbelievable. Um, and then like a, a kind of a, a younger, not up and coming because he's pretty much already arrived, but a younger guy is Gerard Carmichael. Uh, I don't know if you've heard his stuff before, but he has a special on HBO that's unbelievable. Um, I think it's HBO. Um, but those five are are guys that I that I listen to a lot and, and um, have have affected my comedy um, my comedy sense of humor, I guess, the most. Yeah, what did you take away from your cold as balls skit with with Kevin Hart? How how much fun was that? It's fun because it was great. I mean, it was great for us. Yeah, it was fun, man. It's it's uh, Kevin's such a uh, you just you just always wonder like is he gonna run out of like this energy and he just never he it doesn't even seem like he's <laughs> tired when he's doing all these things. You know, I ran into him like not even like a a, a month ago, like two weeks ago. And I was just standing in the lobby of this, this building, and he comes running in. He's got a camera crew following him, and he stops and, and talks to me for five minutes. The most energetic conversation I had in a long time. And then he's off to like do his next thing. And you know, he he he's he's one of those guys that just his work ethic is so incredible. Um, that doing you know coldest balls, um, which is an awesome awesome series. Um, it's 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 fun, you know. Whenever you get to get a chance to kind of sit down and, and have a conversation, even though it's obviously being recorded, but at the same time, you actually are having a real conversation. You also do get to riff a little bit and, and have these bits. Yeah, that's dope. And I'm I haven't seen Gerard Carmichael, but I'm gonna look for his uh for his uh, HBO special. And you said when is Comedy by Blake? Just 
for people that may be interested in going or if uh it'll be september 13th thursday september 13th um it'll be a live show we'll have uh five different comedians um and like i said mixed mixed in with some sketches and then you know there'll be a a, a little a little after party and all that so um you know it's something i look forward to and and, and look forward to doing for a long long time cj the reason blake's comedy works so well is that unlike you, he's self-deprecating. You know, he says things like, he's a big, dumb, stupid athlete. He did the laugh factor, he killed it. CJ doesn't have the self-deprecating humor. That's why he can't do comedy, Blake. The only time I make the airwaves is when I, <laughs> when I speak facts about certain situations. It's, it's and hard. People judge me and say I'm a hater. No, you know, as, as, as athletes, I think people always kind of look at us like, all right, like, what, what can you say that's actually, like, funny? And, and I think you... you make people appreciate um you as a real person because you know you and i get to sit down and have like a very real conversation or, or talk whenever we talk but you know a lot of people don't get to see us in that sense i mean people do with this podcast with you and you do such a great job with that that it, that it, it gives people a look at who you really are um but a lot of people don't and a lot of a lot of guys don't get that opportunity so for me I think comedy is kind of that way of 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 showing people, you know, who I am and, and the things that I like. No, I think you, I think you do a good job. I've seen some of the clips and your delivery is all your delivery is right. And then you sometimes you keep the straight face, and it makes it a little and it makes it funnier. Yeah, appreciate it. <laughs> appreciate it. We were just talking about college basketball, so we we won't keep you too much longer. But there's a couple couple questions I had to ask you. Watching college basketball, mm-hmm. the the way the game is changing. Obviously, the NCAA is implementing certain rules now, and I mean, I think they should be paid, but that's a that's a whole other argument. The Duke Blue Devils have been on TV the last week and a half. They've been showing two players, R.J. Barrett and then Zion Williamson. I think his name is Williamson. I don't really watch college basketball because I'm so far removed from it, but this dude's dunking from the free throw line in everything. So we were having a discussion about how his game translates to the NBA. Have you have you been able to watch any of him, and what do you think of his game? I didn't. I, I've really only seen like highlights um, of his game, but I have asked some people. Um, you know, my college coach Jeff Capel, who's now at Pitt, he just took the head job at Pittsburgh. Um, went back and he was an assistant at Duke for I can't even, I don't even know however many last years, but I, you know I kind of always ask him about guys you know like on the on the high school level that that he likes and, and stuff. And the thing he said about um, Zion is that he's a much better basketball player than people give him credit for. And the reason you don't see that is because you know if he's throwing down four or five highlight dunks a game, nobody's going to put him, you know. <laughs> dribble drive and setting up a teammate in the corner for a corner three you know what I mean and, and that's right. kind of always the perspective that I want to see because it's easy to, to kind of sit and watch a kid's highlights and say oh man I don't know like he's not going to be able to do that in the, on the next level and one he probably is because he's that good of an athlete and two you know for me it's good to hear that that he's a a, a, a good basketball player you know all around so you know I I, I especially am always um I have a soft spot for guys who have have kind of gotten that label as dunkers and, and um, somebody who you, you really only kind of see their highlights because you don't really get to see some of their game. And um, you know, I, I think he's he's uh, one of those guys. And from what I hear, he works hard. So I don't know, man. There's there's a lot of things and there's a lot of intangibles that scouts try to weigh these days. And I don't know how much they really put into guys' uh, work ethic 
and, and, and watching guys and seeing what their real work ethic is beyond just what they post on, on social media. I was going to say, right, because if you don't post it, it never happened. But what you, what you really wanted to say is that they need to hire more ex-players to be talent evaluators. But I'll say it for <laughs> Right. <laughs> I agree. So that's three of us. Right. Right. Blake, did it bother you that early on in your career, especially, you were almost identified as a dunker? I mean, I've actually had conversations with with your brother Taylor about this and how like you, you wanted to be doing all these different things on the floor and you were already progressing as a player, but you were still known as a guy that did highlight real dunks, which is great, but you wanted more, I can imagine. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I can't say that, that um, it doesn't bother me, to be honest. I, I've always um, taken a great pride in, in trying to be a guy who makes his teammates better. Um, you know, even as a rookie, I don't know, you know, trying to trying to learn and, and trying to move on the fly and, you know, learn how to pass out of a double team and, and um, still trying to get assists and, and you know, rebounding. That, those were all, all things that I, I feel like are very important to me. And if you watch you know, sports center at the time, you know, now it's Instagram and Twitter, then you, you really only see those highlights. You don't see, um, you know, somebody's actual game. And that's, you know, it's always been something that has bothered me a little bit, but you also understand, I mean, I still get it to this very day, you know, people, Instagram comments talking about how all I do is dunk. And obviously if you watch basketball today, it's, it's, uh, it's not quite the case, but it, it's always going to be like that. You know, there's always misinformed fans. Unfortunately, there's, there's, many many more misinformed fans than, than there are informed fans but um you know at, at the end of the day like i know that i'm in the gym working on these things that i need to work on um and i know there's a lot of players out there who are the same way who actually really really care about the game of basketball and really care about being a good player and and being a player that make their makes their teammates better so at the end of the day you know it's always easy, easy to spot those guys because they get better every year and they they add things to their game and they um you know they, they they take some of their weaknesses away and uh you know those are the guys that that i'm always willing to bet on yeah i I've, i know what you mean by the instagram comments and i always say common sense ain't common people that really understand the game know that you, you're a complete player you got the mid-range you can hit threes you can make your teammates better and you can guard so it's it's crazy when you see that people people always Speaking misinformed, but I, I want to change the topic a little bit. DeMar DeRozan, Kevin Love, a lot of guys have been speaking out about depression, anxiety, basically letting people know that we're humans. Like, we read the comments, we see the comments, we hear what people are saying at the games, you know, basically trying to convey the message that we're not robots, even though some of us jump, well, some of y'all, because I don't really jump like y'all do and run as fast as y'all do, but some people, some people are so athletic, you think that it's unreal, like video game-like, but... DeMar came out today and said, people say, what? What are you depressed about? You can buy anything you want. I wish everyone in the world was rich so they would realize money isn't everything. So basically what I'm asking you is that, you know, you've been the number one pick. You've gone through a lot of stuff in your life up to this point. Like People don't understand that. Like I talked to D-Wade about it. He has a therapist. He, he visits. I'm trying to find a therapist for me just for someone to talk to that's not going to judge me outside of the family. Uh, what type of things do you do? You said you did yoga. What type of things do you do outside of basketball to, to maybe kind of distract yourself besides comedy? Because I'm, I'm, there's a lot of anxiety. There's a lot of depression. There's a lot of pressure on us to perform. Then you battle injuries. And then there's just a lot of stuff we go through. So maybe so that the fans out there maybe that are going through something can realize that we're all going through the same stuff. Yeah, I um, you know over the years uh, I appreciate those moments and those conversations 
more and more the ones that you have that you walk away being like man that was like a real conversation that was like something where we we actually like talked about something you know I, I love to sit around and talk basketball and talk NBA player comparisons and you know who would you rather have this guy or this guy and that's that's all fun and great but but sometimes those conversations where you're not talking about basketball you're talking about life and you're talking about you know the respect for everybody um those are some of my favorite conversations now just because I think we've gotten away from that so much with with everybody being able to be somewhat anonymous behind computer screens um you know I think we 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 tend to treat people a little bit more differently at the same time, I think a lot of people do acknowledge that, and they say, you know, how oh, social media this and social media that, but I always kind of feel like social media is just a mirror of who we really are, and, you know, what we don't like is, is actually a part of our society, and, and I think the only way to actually change that is to, to actually start treating people a little bit differently, and I think that's where a lot of this comes in for players, you know, because we're so publicly judged, which is fine, you know, we, we, we get to play this game and we get to do what we love, but <clears throat> when it goes beyond just basketball, um, I think that's when it's a mistake. You know, so for me, talking to a therapist, I have gone and seen a therapist before, just to sit and talk, man, just uh, sports therapist, regular therapist, whatever it is, you know, you get to talk. And I think what a lot of people don't realize about therapy is it's not, you're not going and you're, they're not giving you answers, they're helping you find those answers. And I think that's very, very, obviously very therapeutic for a lot of people. But, you know, not only that, but just keeping, you know, people around me who I know are there to tell me what I need to hear and not what I want to hear. You know, a lot of times that, that, that helps for me, just having those simple conversations, like I said, uh, with people who really, really, really know me, <clears throat> you know, and not, not people who um, are just kind of there in, in passing. But, um you know, those are those are all things. Um, besides, you know, adding that into to, you know, comedy and and TV and other things to kind of sit and take your mind off a, a bad game or whatever it may be. Yeah, I think that's that's important. Having somebody that's going to tell you the truth, having people that are going to genuinely care and ask about how you're doing, as opposed to trying to get tickets, trying to get some shoes, a jersey, or whatever the case may be. I think it, right. I think there's right. nothing more more valuable than someone who genuinely cares about us as people and it's hard to find that but they are out there and when they are out there it's important that we you know, reciprocate that love and show love back but before we get to our next segment I want to introduce you to today's sponsor part of being healthy is staying active and that means getting enough protein to fuel you through all your workouts but it doesn't have to come in the form of a chalky tasteless shake to get the fuel you need with the flavor you want, you've got to try the new protein smoothies from Daily Harvest. Daily Harvest delivers perfectly portioned cups of frozen organic fruits and vegetables directly to your door. Just add water or almond milk. That's what I prefer. You can blend it or heat it. You can prepare an amazing meal or snack filled with delicious whole ingredients in just 30 seconds. Daily Harvest's new plant-based ready-to-blend protein smoothies actually have me excited about gym days. Each dessert-inspired flavor packs and tons of protein with no chalky powders. I think chocolate and hazelnut sounds best. 10 grams of protein is a lot. There's also oats and sesame and bananas. And if that's not what you're into, you can always try something else. In any case, all these smoothies are going to get you through a workout, no doubt about it. Jordan, you've actually had these shakes. TJ, I was skeptical. Uh, I do not work out as much as you, but I certainly try to get it in. And I must say, they have legit food. It's, it's really good. They have... The smoothies are really good. They have a mulberry dragon fruit overnight oats that is a killer. 
And so, yeah, I'm a fan. All right. So there you, you hear it. You heard it here first. Jordan's out here working out, not as much as, you know, a professional athlete, but he's putting in work. He enjoys it. I enjoy it. You should enjoy it. Go to daily-harvest.com, enter the promo code PULLUP to get three cups free in your first box. That's promo code PULLUP for three free Daily Harvest cups at daily-harvest.com, daily-harvest.com. I got to ask about the Browns. Um, football season is around the corner. <laughs> I'm a huge Browns fan. Who, who's your NFL team? Man, to be honest, like growing up, like I, I being from Oklahoma, it, it was all it's all college football. So I never really had a team. Um, so now I kind of just, you know, I, I grew up, uh, you know, I played at AU with Sam Bradford. So watching guys like that that I either went to, to that I knew since childhood or, or um, went to college with is kind of more more my thing. And um, you know, I try to try to stay away from. Uh, I even try to stay away from fantasy football just because one time I was. I was playing and, and found myself rooting against you know somebody I'd known for a long time, <laughs> rooting for him to, to 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 not throw that extra touchdown when I shouldn't be. So uh, I try to stay away from all that a little bit. That's actually hilarious. I've actually caught myself saying things I shouldn't say about players during games, and then I said, now I understand why people are cursing me out on Twitter when I mess up their spread or if I scored s- seven points in- instead of 27 <laughs> points. Right. I-, I get it now, so I had to I had to ask that. Have you been watching Hard Knocks? Yeah, I have. I have been watching Hard Knocks. I, I love Hard Knocks because it gives you like an inside, the, the locker room, inside the, the coaches' offices to kind of see the pulse of the team, what's going on, the fights. I think it's just so dope to see like inside, yeah. like inside the locker room stuff Stuff you don't normally see because as athletes we see the games we know what that's like we know what practices are like but those conversations the grind of training camp for fans to actually see like it's a grind like we make a lot of money we live a great life but there's a reason why there's only 400 of us right. hooping. there's a reason why there's only I don't know how however many football players there are in the NFL because this is like a specific skill set you have to have the mentality you have to have the luck you have to be a little crazy too because the odds of us making it are so slim and you hear about how you're never going to make it you should find a plan b we're so we psych ourselves out into thinking like nah i'm, I'm that point zero zero one percent that's going to the league right yeah no i mean i love hard knocks for the same reason it's just like i love comparing kind of the differences between you know, NFL team and NBA team. There's there's a lot of similarities, but it is very very different. Um, you know, them having so many different guys, their contracts are so different. It's it's uh, the human aspect of of hard knocks is unbelievable because you'll be sitting there rooting for a guy that you maybe never have heard of, and now you feel like you know his family, his kids, and everything he's going through, and you know, and you're rooting for him to to right. you know make that play or whatever it is. So so I love it, but. I'm I'm excited to see the Browns this year, man. I think Baker, you know, speaking of of, of intangibles that I don't know that that people can measure is his heart, you know, and, and how hard he plays and and how much he he cares. And you know, a lot of people sometimes, like you know, you hear people, especially when he was in college, talking about you know the things things that he's done. But man, <laughs> I'll take a player. I'm sure you're the same way. I'll take a player any day who has that type of heart and is willing to go out and fight for his teammates and um, play with that chip on his shoulder because. Uh, that that means something to me, you know. Knowing I'm lining up next to a guy like that, so yeah, I'm, I'm pulling for him this year, um, obviously. So you know, we're, we're we'll, we'll be in the same boat on that one. See, well, that's the thing, because CJ believes Tyrod should be starting, or Tarod, I guess they they officially changed the enunciation, but that's the that's my issue. Because don't you think the two time walk on number one pick Heisman winner 
Blake, Baker should be starting, the former Sooner. You know what, man? No disrespect to to Tyrod Taylor, but uh, you know, a Sooner's got to stick together. So I, I agree with you on that one. But I mean, let's go. That's, I also, again, I'm, I'm not fully invested in the Browns like uh, CJ is, so <laughs> I probably don't know See, as much. <laughs> I agree with with Blake because of the premise. He's the number one pick. You don't draft a guy number one and not play him. However, we've we've misjudged this pick. We've misjudged the quarterback situation and thrown quarterbacks into the fire so many times to watch them fail. I think it's important we kind of safeguard certain situations in terms of making sure we have the right line around him, making sure he understands the offense, because when he goes out there, this is it. Like, we've had You've seen the, the jersey where they keep adding the quarterback. They keep adding the quarterback to where it's we've drafted like 35 quarterbacks. So I think they want to make sure they empower him instead of putting him in a position to fail. And they they feel like rolling the dice with, Tate, with Tyrod first, letting him yeah. go out there. Obviously, he's probably on a short, short-term deal is the answer. And he's an efficient quarterback. He'll be effective. And then he can kind of yeah. be a mentor to Baker before Baker ultimately takes over because it's, it's inevitable. He's taking over. We just don't know when. And I just hope that... They make sure he's as ready as possible, and I know he's working. He's number one pick as a walk-on. That that's unheard of. That takes a different type of DNA to to get to that point. Yeah, no, I mean it, it all makes sense. It's just it's uh, we'll see. It'll be interesting to see how this year plays out, man. I, I uh, it's always I'm so glad that Hard Knocks was on was on them to just kind of get a better inside look at who they are as a team before the season starts. It's uh. It'll be a fun year for them. Right. It'll be a it'll be a dope year. It'll be a great year for us too. This upcoming season, it's gonna be like Game of Thrones 2.0 uh, out here out here in the Western Conference and <laughs> and in the Eastern Conference. You guys got some heavy hitters out there too. Yeah. Here, here's before we let you go, Blake. Um, this is a sensitive question for CJ, and he does not know this is coming. But uh, I'm gonna ask anyway. And this is I'm CJ. I'm just gonna preface it. I am sorry to ask this. Blake's 2K rating is 86. CJ's is 85. <laughs> I think this is a very touchy subject. But Blake, are you satisfied with the 86? And and CJ, are you upset that Blake is just a, one point better? I that's I, that's actually shocking to me. I, I don't listen. I don't really care at all, to be completely honest. But I'm I'm actually shocked to find out that's your that's your 2K rating. Um, I thought you would be higher than that. And I'm not just saying this because I'm talking to you right now. But the good thing about 2K is I was telling somebody this the other day, the good thing about my 86 or whatever it is, it has absolutely zero effect on my game or my life, and it never will. Um, so I'm just going to keep on keep on doing doing what I do and and I'll let let the uh the video game guys take care of that yeah I think I think Blake hit it right on the head um I'm literally looking at a waterfall in my backyard right now so uh <laughs> so <laughs> 2k is 2k is great you know I think it's a great game kids love it I played it as a kid but it's not going to change how I eat it's not going to change the thread count on how I sleep so <laughs> They can continue to make me whatever rating they want. As long, as long as I can dribble a little bit and shoot a little bit when I want to play the game or when kids want to use me, I don't really care what the rating is, man. But I think it's I think it's funny how it, it changes year to year and people really get upset about it because yeah. I think it's more of a, a pride thing. But as you, as you get older, you start to realize yeah, that I, uh, uh, common sense ain't common. And, and people... Yeah. When, when, uh, <laughs> When all this was coming out, you know, I had a, had a bunch of fans on Twitter be like, "Yo, ask ask so and so for your 2K rating." So, 
I did. He sent it to me, and I posted it. I didn't really think much of it. And then for the next, like, two, three days, my Twitter was blowing up about <laughs> the rating. You know, it was like, oh, he has this way too, that's, that's too high for him. He doesn't, he's so, he's overrated. And then some people were like, oh, no, that's underrated. He should be that's higher. Just, that's healthy. I just kind of turned my Twitter off and let it, <laughs> let it ride. Yeah, it's, there's people out there that say, that say Michael Jordan is not good and that LeBron's overrated, so. Exactly. I mean, we we can't. I can't win. If somebody thinks Mike is not good, then I must be trash. Right. We all can't really say anything if that's the case. And I'll leave you with this. We normally do a wine segment at the end. So, any wines you recommend, or any wineries out there that you recommend me stopping by before I uh, before I let you get back to enjoying your summer break. Um. You know, I just actually kind of restocked. Had a little restocked. Bought a couple of cases. Um. One of my, I mean, I love Opus, uh, I love Camus, um, I'm a big Napa, Napa uh, Valley fan, Cabernet, um, all that, but um, I'd probably say if I had to go with one, I would, I would uh, I'd, I'd, I'd go with Camus. Okay. And it's in my cellar. I have the Opus, but I'm going to, I'm going to re-up and get some different years of that Opus and save one for a, a special occasion. There you go. That Western Conference Finals. Western Conference Finals, amen. Can I? <laughs> Western Conference Finals for sure pop that boy. I pop two of them boys. <laughs> there you go. But I appreciate you coming on, man. Thanks again. Uh, great, great conversation, great discussion. I wish you nothing but but health, wealth, and happiness in your future and a, and a, and a great season, man. Absolutely. Thanks, man. Thanks for having me. Thank you, guys. Thank you, Blake. Thanks to Blake Griffin for coming on and, and sharing some time with us. And the summertime is one of the busiest times for athletes who travel, who are having appearances and just trying to enjoy their best life. So appreciate you coming on. And speaking of wine, cue the wine music. Blake mentioned his love for Napa Valley, particularly Opus One and the Camus. Gonna get some more Camus in the cellar ASAP. But right now I wanna recommend this 2014 Cab Sab from Napa Valley. It is the Yao Ming. That's right, Yao Ming. And I recommend it to anyone out there who's a fan of Yao Ming, first and foremost. <laughs> anyone out there who's traveled to China and, and really enjoys a great time in a great country. And for those of you out there who enjoy wine, this tastes really, really good. That's all I can tell you. It goes well with everything as they all do. And after two, <laughs> it'll taste the same. <laughs> yeah, that's our rule. That's the uh, pull-up rule. After two glasses, it all tastes the same. Uh, I will stick in California as well. Sonoma Coast. This is uh, a little nicer than I'm used to. Costa Brown 2015 Pinot. And uh, it was phenomenal. I don't know how to describe it other than that it was great because to me this actually might buck the trend of after two it tastes the same that's how good it was wow so i guess that's the ultimate compliment on pull up so after five that tastes the same <laughs> yeah that's true <laughs> well it's been real guys we appreciate you all tuning in faithfully each and every week looking forward to bringing in more special guests and sharing some insights on their lives our lives and how to make the world a better place. You can catch us anywhere you get your pods. Also available on radio.com. You can get their app or head to app.radio.com backslash CJ for your weekly dose of pull-up. 
And I'm done reading my follows, but you can follow the Pull Up Pod at on Twitter at Pull Up Pod. You can follow the Pull Up Pod on Instagram. And you can continue to subscribe and like and comment as much as you want to. I'm done. I'm done. No more. No more. That's it. We're throwing in the towel. It's official. I, I'm a follower. I'm not a leader. I follow CJ. And don't forget to pull up. Pull up.